0: Hey, hey, namaste, my fellow Marvelous Nerds. This is a special edition. I was going to wait until Monday Musings to talk about House of X, but then I read House of X and I felt like I needed to talk about it immediately. I didn't want to wait until Monday to go over this this new start for the X-Men franchise that Jonathan Hickman is, is starting. And uh, so, yeah, I really wanted to just kind of touch base with you guys and share some thoughts on this thing. Uh, If you haven't read it, I highly recommend you go out and read it. And also, if you haven't read it, there will be spoilers in this. So you are warned, if you are going to listen beyond this point, there will be spoilers. So stop if you haven't and go read it and then come back and listen. But, all right, now let's talk about it. House of X number one. This so going into this, there was a lot of hype around it because it's Jonathan Hickman. He's got a, he's highly, you know, highly rated, highly reviewed from his Fantastic Four runs and his Avengers runs, and I I didn't know what to expect. I've only read about half of his Avengers stuff, so I, I was kind of unsure of what to to expect coming into x-men i'd heard him talk about how he likes alternate dimensions and and playing on those types of things where you take someone from one dimension and someone from another and they have uh, competing philosophies on how to handle a certain situation but they're both right in it and seeing the conflict that comes from that so i kind of was expecting some type of alternate dimension or alternate reality uh, type stuff playing here especially with the powers of 10 covers that have been revealed But it doesn't necessarily seem that we're getting that, because inside of this, we actually get a scene with Cyclops and the Fantastic Four, and Cyclops, you know, congratulates Ben Grimm on his recent wedding. So I think right there, it's setting the stage, letting us know that this is not an alternate dimension that we're seeing. It's the 616 that we're used to or accustomed to. So I don't think we're going to be dealing with that. But at the same time, I don't know that we're dealing with the actual X-Men that we know and love. And the reason I say that is at the beginning of the issue, we see what looks like, uh, I guess it's some kind of underground section of Krakoa, I'm guessing, and there are these cocoons or these little containments that actually have uh, mutants growing in them. It almost looks kind of like a Matrix-like thing, sort of except uh, more plant-like, and then a couple of uh, mutants pop out of that, and we see Xavier say to me, my X-Men. Well, the interesting thing about that is we see a gentleman who has red almost coming out of his eyes, like starting to. So that, to me, is a clue that, hey, this looks like a Cyclops clone or a a, uh, grown artificial Cyclops. And then on the ground right before that, we actually see a red-headed woman. So that's clue number two that this might be a Jean Grey uh, clone or a Jean Grey-like mutant grown from Krakoa. And then we also get another white male with brown hair, which could be Iceman. And then another hand coming out, and that's when Xavier says to me, "My X-Men." So I'm really starting to think that maybe what we're dealing with here is Xavier and Krakoa are somehow working together. Maybe Xavier's using his telepathy to control Krakoa, and he's actually creating these X-Men in the way that he wants them to be instead of where they've ended up. Because, as we see later on with Cyclops, his approach to the Fantastic Four is a little bit different than the Revolution approach that we've been getting from Cyclops. And I don't know that you can go from Uncanny X-Men Matt Rosenberg Cyclops to this Cyclops. And it makes sense i know there's probably a time gap in there but he's a little bit too cordial uh, to to really mesh with the way that cyclops has been written recently so those kind of things make me wonder not necessarily i'm not buying into it yet but i'm at least wondering if maybe that's what we're dealing with here is some type of xavier and krakoa working together to create these um, these mutants that are like the ones that he knows and loves instead of being the actual ones for whatever reason so I'm curious to see where that part goes. I also uh, thought the stuff with Toad, Mystique, and Sabretooth was awesome, and I was really trying to figure out what it was that Toad, and Mystique, and Sabretooth were trying to get from the computer systems that were Reed's and Iron Man's. And I love those little pages that act as the in-between whatever's going on. So uh, Hickman puts in these pages that'll have like descriptions of Orcas or whatever it is. And I think there's a huge clue as to what Toad was actually getting from that uh, database, and I think he was getting information on Soul's hammer. If you're not sure on what that is, it's something that Reed Richards and Tony Stark built. It basically absorbs sunlight and can channel that into a blast powerful enough to destroy a planet, and it actually looks like the thing uh, that we see earlier on with the Orcus uh, individuals on the space station. It looks like the panels that are around the... Sentinel floating head or Master Mold's floating head. So, if you see Master Mold's head, you see there's like this, uh, s- this circle around it. And then there are these solar panels that they actually even talk about it absorbing the sunlight and the radiation so that they can actually live up there or dwell up there without getting radiation poisoning. So, I think what we're seeing is somehow Mystique and them know that this thing exists up there with the Master Mold head. And they're trying to get information on that so they can either a, take control of it, or B, uh, destroy it uh, so that the humans can't use it against them. I think that's what's going on there. And then also a little a little pickup or a little thing that I think also happens later on. We get the uh, Cuckoo Sisters, or Cuckoo, uh, I don't know. I don't know how you would want to say that. I can't remember exactly how it's said. Right now it's late. But anyway, I think it's Esme, and she's talking to Magneto, and she's explaining to Magneto who these... I think it's five individuals are and what their true motivations were. And she gets to one of them and she says his name's Riley Marshall. And she talks about how he was a member of Strike and Sword. And there's some other affiliation that he has. But she's not sure. She can't get it out of him because he's resisting. I think he's part of Orcus. So if you remember in the earlier pages, we actually see that Orcus has pulled from Strike and... Uh, sword and shield and alpha flight and Aim and all these different other organizations and it's pulling all these individuals from those things uh, Those those groups and creating this new one So I think that's what uh, we're we're led to believe there with that one as far as the actual overall plot of this goes I love the idea that Krakoa is is this island. I know it kind of seems like the whole Genosha ripoff because it's basically another island that mutants are dwelling on, and they're trying to get amnesty for the mutants so that they can dwell on this island, and they're also trying to make it a nation, and it's like actually, you know, regarded as a nation state. So, seems very much like the Genosha play. But there are some unique aspects to this, like Krakoa actually having the purple flowers that allows the people to tre- uh, teleport from one. it Actually, it works as a gateway. So if you plant a purple flower somewhere else, you can go from Krakoa to wherever that purple flower has grown and blossomed. I think that's a really cool concept. Um, I, and I love the way that it starts, where it shows, like, I think it was Bishop and Storm and Beast and... Kitty actually planting those flowers in strategic locations like the Savage Land and Jerusalem, and Westchester. So I think that was a really cool setup on how they got where they were, uh, or where they were going to end up with that. So uh, conceptually, I, I love that piece of it. I think it was a, a brilliant take to only show like one scene with Wolverine, and it be him actually jovial and laughing, and also having a good time, which kind of clues me in, that maybe that he's also not the real Wolverine. I don't know. We'll see. I'm still not sold on these theories, but these are just some of the things that I'm workshopping through my mind after having read it twice. I do want to say that I am actually really loving the costumes of this. I'm a huge fan of the Magneto costume and this, a huge fan of the Cyclops costume. I loved his Revolution costume to a degree, but I also kind of missed the visor. And as far as red goes, I'm not... Like red's not my favorite color, silver is if you watch the show, but I do like blue. I think, it, uh, I think it works better with Cyclops having some blue, especially with the demeanor that he has in this, so having the blue stripes I think works great, and I am a huge fan of the Marvel Girl costume. I know it's cheesy, I know it's old, but to me it's a classic, and I've loved it for years, so seeing her have a variation of that is, I don't even know if it's a variation or just a straight rip. But uh, I love that. The Xavier helmet, I'm not sold on that one yet, but we'll see how that plays out. So for me, after having read House of X number one twice, it's hard for me not to rate it extremely high. I want to see where this goes. Hickman has stated that he is laying, the. he's actually got the next three years of X-Men stories planned out and they're building towards those things. And he's also made the statement that what he's building here could work for the x-men for decades for writers after him and i was a little hesitant to believe that but after having read this i'm fully in agreement like this is something that could last decades in the x-men world and it's not just something that impacts the x-men universe this is something that impacts the marvel universe and i love that the x-men are given this kind of weight now and it's almost like hey the whole Fox Marvel Studios thing is over with, so now we can actually go back to loving X-Men inside of Marvel Comics, and they're actually putting their money where their mouth is and trying to make that happen. So I'm, I'm really optimistic for the future of this franchise again and for this series. And speaking of the series, there are some other comics that are coming out of this. They already showed the Oct- October solicits So, I mean, we've got an X-Men line that's basically the Summers family with Wolverine for some reason. So, maybe we'll find out Wolverine is actually a Summers. I don't know. But it has Corsair. It has Vulcan. It has Havoc. It has Rachel. It has uh, Kid Cable, Cyclops, and Jean Grey plus Wolverine. So, I'm actually, that's probably the one I'm most excited about just because I've always wondered why we've never gotten a Summers specific line before. The other one i'm really into is the marauders with kitty and emma frost uh specifically and that they are basically pirates and out on the ship and i think storm's with them too i want to say it's storm and iceman so that one has piqued my interest uh also i'm very high on that possibility and then the uh, new mutants line they're going to be launching i'm looking forward to that because it's going to merge some of the new mutants with generation x so I think that's a, a great idea. I want to see how those two intersect and how those play. The X-Force line looks interesting because it's going to be split between like the scientific minds and the ops minds. So you've got Beast, Jean, Black Tom on one side and then Wolverine, I think Colossus on the other. So that's also a really, really interesting lineup. I think I think overall the lineups for these October comics are very strong. And very, uh, very rich with possibility. Uh, Even the Excalibur one with uh, Captain Britain being Psylocke now. And having uh, Rogue and Gambit on that team. So, like I said, some great possibilities for the future. So, landing back on House of X number one. I think based on this particular issue alone, I've got to land at a 9.5. It is a definite must buy. So, I think if you like the X-Men or you like comic books, you need to go out and you need to buy House of X number one. We'll see you next time.